What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Backup Fantasy Sports. It is Friday, September 23rd. My name is Ewan, and on today's episode, we will be talking some fantasy football with a DFS DraftKings Week 3 preview for the NFL season. What will we be getting into during the episode? I'll go through the schedule, what Vegas thinks, and then I'll give you a stud, a dud, and a value play at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end before going over some of my favorite stacks, and then just a quickly put together lineup just to see where we are at heading into Sunday's game. So we've got 13 games on this week's slate, nine early games, four late games. Not ideal with the split. We'd love a eight and five, just give us more entertainment in those late afternoon games. So in the early games, we've got Ravens at Patriots, Chiefs at Colts, Saints, Panthers, Texans, Bears, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Vikings, Bengals, Jets, and Raiders at Titans. And then in the late games, we have Green Bay versus Tampa Bay, Jags at Chargers, Rams at Cardinals, and Atlanta in Seattle for their second West Coast trip in as many weeks. As for Vegas, what do they have going on here? So highest over-under games right now, Bills at Dolphins, 52.5 points. Lions at Vikings, 52.5 points, and the Chiefs at the Colts with 50.5 points. Lowest over-unders for the week are Texans at Bears, currently at 40 points, Saints at Panthers, 40.5 points, and the Falcons at the Seahawks, 41.5 points. And with the highest implied team totals, we have the Bills, Vikings, and Chiefs. And then with the lowest implied team totals, we have the Texans, Panthers, and Jets. So that's where... Vegas's head is kind of at right now. I like to use it just as like a guide to see like what teams should I be looking at, which teams should I be avoiding. Uh, As you will see, I don't always follow that advice, but uh, Vegas is pretty spot on with these most of the time. That's why they are doing this. They keep making money and they keep getting suckers like me to bet the over-under thinking that they are far smarter than the people in Nevada putting all of this together. Anyways, let's get out of Vegas as I am a little bit out of my depth in that. I am more of a DFS guy than a gambling guy, so let's get into the position previews with the quarterback position and my stud of the week as the signal caller is Jalen Hurts for Philadelphia Eagles. 7,600 on DraftKings. He is playing at the Commanders this week. So far this year, He is averaging 288 passing yards per game with a 69.8% completion percentage at one touchdown to one interception. And then on the ground, which is where Jalen Hurts takes a lot of his value, is 28 carries, 147 yards. That's 5.2 yards per carry with three touchdowns. The crazy thing about Jalen Hurts is that he is averaging 30.9 DraftKings fantasy points per game despite only throwing one touchdown this season. That is, frankly, unheard of, and I'm not even sure how it's possible. Yes, the three rushing touchdowns make up for a lot of it, but over 30 DraftKings points per game, but only throwing one touchdown through two games is absurd. Fortunately, the good times should keep rolling for Jalen Hurts as Washington is allowing 157 rushing yards per game, which is fourth worst in the league. They're allowing over 28 points per game, which is fifth worst in the lead. Then the league, uh, their defense isn't 
any better in the advanced metrics either as they are the worst the fifth worst defense in passing DVOA through two weeks per football outsiders uh, a lot of stats in this week's DFS preview are from pro football reference football outsiders pro football focus um, all those fantastic websites so would highly recommend getting on there if you want to do some further research uh, Philly is fifth in offensive DVOA right now so they are feeling good and just kind of purring like a well-tuned machine at this point. Uh, they have 2-0, feeling great about the division. They have a, uh, this game has a 47.5 point over-under, and Philly's implied total is 27 points. So Jalen Hurts, if you're looking to start your lineup with a stud quarterback, he is my pick this week. Moving over to the dud, and this has nothing to do with this quarterback's ability or his matchup this week, but I just, I cannot trust Justin Herbert for the Chargers against Jacksonville at $7,400. It all comes down to the injury. He fractured his rib cartilage in week two against the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a limited participant at practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Apparently on Thursday, he was not seen during the media portion of practice throwing at all. And I'm just worried, like this is an injury that can feel better throughout the week, obviously, uh, the more time he gets away from it. And it's just one big hit could take him out of this game. Jacksonville's defense has five interceptions and six sacks through two games. So they are getting hits on the quarterback. They're putting pressure on the quarterback, forcing them into mistakes. I know Justin Herbert came back into last week's game and threw some spectacular passes to bring the Chargers back into it against the Chiefs, but running on adrenaline a few days later, that the ribs are not going to be feeling great for Justin Herbert. So I'm a just, if he plays the whole game, I expect him to do well. I'm just not sure if he will play the whole game. And at 7,400, I'm just not sure that he is worth that considering the stud that I just mentioned, Jalen Hurts, is only $200 more. I'm pretty sure we can find that in our lineups. And the value play at quarterback is going to be Marcus Mariota for the Atlanta Falcons at Seattle Seahawks. He comes in at 5,500. On the year, he's averaging 205 passing yards per game with almost a 63% completion percentage, two touchdowns, two picks. But on the ground, he's got 18 carries for 88 yards and a touchdown, just under five yards per carry. He is third in the league for quarterback carries right now behind Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts that I just mentioned. He already is showing a great connection with Drake London. Atlanta is 11th in passing DVOA on offense despite playing the Saints and the Rams in the first two weeks. So those are some tough defenses and they have done pretty well against them. And Mariota so far in Football Outsiders, uh, Defense adjusted yards above replacement. He is 10th at the quarterback position. So pretty much it's the value of the quarterback's performance compared to replacement level. And it's adjusted for situation, opponent, and then they kind of translate it into yards. So Mariota comes out 10th in that metric right now, which is pretty impressive uh, for someone that was just flying around as a free agent in February. Seattle is 30th in DVOA for passing defense. I'm not sure why this game has a 41.5 uh, over-under, because I think it's going to be a shootout, I think. these Both these teams are kind of bad. I don't... I, mean, I guess Seattle's offense isn't that great, but I think Atlanta can put up some points, and I 
we just trust Geno Smith to try and get them back in the game. So 41 and a half points over under, I think the over is great in that game. And that's why I think there are a lot of members of the Atlanta Falcons that I am interested in this week for DFS. So that was quarterback all wrapped up, moving over to running back here. Stud is Austin Eckler for the Chargers against Jacksonville. Comes in at 8,000 on DraftKings. So far this year, he's got 28 carries. He is averaging under three yards per carry, so not great, and zero touchdowns on the ground. 14 targets, 13 catches, seven yards per catch, and he's averaging 14.8 DraftKings fantasy points per game. I understand that the touchdowns aren't there, but people are whining about a running back who's getting over 20 touches per game. That's going to translate into fantasy points eventually. It just hasn't happened during the season's first two weeks, so now everyone is freaking out. If this was like week seven and week eight, no one would care. They'd be like, oh, 20 touches, still great. Like, I'm sure he'll bounce back soon. So, It's just because it's the only sample size we have of Austin Eckler in 2022 that people are freaking out. If these two games happened later in the year, no one would care at all. Last season, Eckler had 20 touchdowns. Regression was always going to come. Like I don't think anyone was expecting 20 touchdowns from the Chargers running back this year, but it doesn't mean he'll never score again. So odds are that he's going to find the end zone this week against the Jags. And with Justin Herbert limited, I would expect Brandon Staley to focus the offensive game plan on Austin Eckler as a kind of avenue to protect their franchise quarterback. Jacksonville does come in as the third best defense in DVOA right now, but they also saw a Colts team last week without Michael Pittman and also a team that inexcusably refused to feature Jonathan Taylor like Jonathan Taylor number one all overall pick in fantasy football this year in season-long leagues got 10 touches in a game that they lost 24 to 0 like Jonathan Taylor is not a plodding two down back that's gonna like lose carries if the team goes down like he can do it all he can catch the ball he can run the ball like what Frank Reich did was just malpractice with Jonathan Taylor and Brandon Staley is a better play caller than Frank Reich in my opinion so I think Eckler is going to be the focal point of this Chargers offense in a game where they are seven point favorites and if they need to run out the clock protect the quarterback just hand it off I think Austin Eckler is in for a huge game against the Jacksonville Jaguars who are traveling from east to west my dud is Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans they are playing the Raiders which is Usually a pretty good matchup, but at 8,100, I'm just not about it. Like I just said, Austin Eckler, my stud of the week is 8,000. So Henry at 8,100, like no interest. This year, he's got 34 carries for 107 yards, 3.1 yards per carry, and one touchdown. That touchdown saved his day on Monday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills as he was held under 50 yards in a massive blowout for the Bills over the Titans. He's even less involved in the passing game than usual. Uh, he's only got one target on the year. So, I mean, no one was expecting Henry to get six or seven targets in a game uh, this season, but one target through two games, that is incredibly worrying. The Titans offensive line is just getting shoved around all over the field. They could be still missing some key starters to be determined what their status will be heading into Sunday. Uh, But if Henry has no involvement in the passing game, he's just not worth the 8,100 price tag anymore. The explosiveness seems to be gone from his legs he looks kind of stiff as a team the titans are in flux all over the field with 
I mean, I know it was a blowout and Ryan Tannehill hit the bench uh, just to get the backups in, but still not what you really want to see. Uh, I think it was on the Ringer Fantasy Football podcast, Craig Holbeck made the great point that Mike Vrabel benched Ryan Tannehill in a week where three teams overcame 20-point deficits in the fourth quarter. So he just totally threw in the white flag, was not impressed. It was after the pick six that Tannehill hit the bench. And if this is the early season like changing of the guard, if Malik Willis sees more time for the Titans at quarterback, uh, I would expect Henry's rushing to go down even more as Willis is a scrambling quarterback. He'll look to go downfield or take the ball himself. Uh, I do think this game has sneaky shootout potential as well. And with one target on the year, I just don't expect Henry to come through for us in PPR scoring. So tough look for King Henry through the first few weeks of the 2022 NFL season. And my value at running back is Miles Sanders, another Philadelphia Eagle at the Commanders, 5,500. This year, he's got 30 carries for 176 yards and a touchdown with five targets and five catches. He is 10th in football with 30 carries. He is 6th in Pro Football Focus's running back grades. Among running backs with at least 15 carries this year, he is 5th in yards per attempt. And he has a fantastic matchup as Washington's defense is 31st in rushing DVOA. 28th in rushing yards allowed per game, and they are giving up the 8th most DraftKings fantasy points per game to running backs. The Eagles in play total is 27 points, and Sanders himself is just an automatic value. Even at 5,500, like maybe you think that's not a value, but he is the 10th highest scoring running back on the slate, but he is the 23rd most expensive running back on the slate. That's value. Like that's just how it works. So Sanders is an easy value play for me at the running back position. Transitioning now from kind of the backfield to out wide, and we've got the wide receivers here. My stud of the week is Jamar Chase for the Cincinnati Bengals playing the New York Jets. He comes in at 8,100 on DraftKings this week. He's got 25 targets, 15 catches, 183 yards, and one touchdown through two games. He is seeing 28.4% of Cincinnati's targets, and he is seeing 49% of Cincinnati's wide receiver targets. So he is commanding quite a lot of looks in the Bengals' offense. Last week, he was held, in air quotes, to five catches on nine targets for 54 yards against Trevon Diggs. The Cincinnati offense does look out of sync so far this season. I expect that to get this week as they are playing the Jets in a spectacular matchup for the passing offense. In week one, New York allowed Lamar Jackson to throw for three touchdowns. And then last week against the Browns, in a surprising win, they still gave up nine catches for 101 yards and a touchdown to Amari Cooper. So Jamar Chase is a better wide receiver than Amari Cooper. I don't think a lot of people will argue with a statement like that. And with the Bengals trying to get back to what they do best, which is give the ball to Chase. Uh, I would expect him to have a huge day as the Jets are last in total DVOA, weighted DVOA, passing DVOA, and, and that's despite only allowing 216 passing yards per game, which is the 14th least in the league. I believe that Chase is going to burn this secondary up and have a monster day at 8,100 on DraftKings. My dud of the week, 
Kind of tricky with the wide receiver slate here, but I did go with Alan Lazard for the Green Bay Packers, who are at the Buccaneers. He comes in at 6000 so he's in that mid-price range, but still not impressed. Three targets, two catches for 13 yards last week against the Bears. He missed week one with an ankle injury. Then he missed Thursday's practice with an ankle injury as well. It was reported that that could just be maintenance-related. Seems likely, but the... Um, if any of you are on social media, TikTok, all that, the, the viral clip of the, you're not that guy, pal, uh, that's how I feel about Alan Lazard being the Packers wide receiver one after two weeks at this point. Uh, he's not that guy, pal. I'm not sure who is, but I don't think it's going to be Alan Lazard. Unfortunately, the someone has to catch the ball logic doesn't seem to be applying in Green Bay right now. Uh, it does seem that the offense is being funneled through Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, which is fine. I think those are the two best skill position players in Green Bay outside of Aaron Rodgers. And if those guys are just going to command a lot of the work, that's fine for us. That's fine for DFS purposes. We can get those guys in our lineup, but I am staying away from the guessing game of who is the best Packers wide receiver to get on your team right now. It also doesn't help that Green Bay is playing a pretty dang tough defense in Tampa Bay as they are one of the stingiest passing defenses in the league at the moment. They've allowed one touchdown to a wide receiver through two games this year and their 31.2 DraftKings fantasy points per game to the position is the seventh fewest in the league. My value play at the pass catching position for wide receiver is Nelson Aguilar for the New England Patriots against Baltimore. He comes in at 4,100. Last week, he had 110 yards and a touchdown on six targets with six catches, and he graded out as the sixth best wide receiver on pro football focus. He's running around on 94% of his passing play snaps, and he's going up against a defense in Baltimore that just allowed Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill to become the first set of teammates in NFL history with 150 yards, 10 catches, and two touchdowns each in the same game. So that is wild. And that's because Baltimore's defense is a little banged up right now. Still banged up. Probably not going to get all their guys back for week three. And they are allowing 69.9 DraftKings fantasy points per game to wide receivers. That is insane. Obviously incredibly inflated by the Waddle and Hill game that happened last week, but it just shows you what wide receivers can do to this defense if things are clicking. Not sure things are totally clicking in New England, but Aguilar showing some signs with 110 yards and a touchdown last week, and coming in at 4,100 is perfectly fine if you need to just fit in another wide receiver to your roster. At tight end, now the final position, we've got the stud of the week is Travis Kelsey, Kansas City Chiefs tight end at Indianapolis Colts. He comes in at 7,900. His stats on the season, 16 targets, 13 catches, 172 yards, and one touchdown. Colts are the sixth worst defense versus tight ends in DraftKings formats right now. In week one, they allowed OJ Howard to score two touchdowns. And then in week two against Evan Ingram, they give up eight targets, seven catches, and 46 yards. I believe Travis Kelsey is going to feast on this defense and have a field day. Chiefs have the third highest implied total of 28 points on the slate. 
don't really need to go into much more detail about Travis Kelsey. He's really good. I don't think the Colts are very good against tight ends, so this just seems like the easy play. As for the dud, I was having a little bit of trouble here, as it's tough to call a dud when there are only three tight ends this week, over 5,000 on the slate. But I did go with Zach Ertz for the Cardinals facing the Rams at 4,600. On the year, he's got 15 targets, 10 catches, 89 yards on the touchdown. He saw 11 targets last week in an overtime game where the uh, Cardinals were catching up drastically. But the Rams have allowed 6.9 fantasy points in total through two games this year. And that's against Dawson Knox and Kyle Pitts. So... Zach Ertz is probably better than Dawson Knox. He's probably worse than Kyle Pitts, at least in terms of talent at this point. And I would much rather go with a Tyler Higby, a Gerald Everett, a Dawson Knox, or even the next guy that I'm going to mention in the value plays. Don't really believe in this Cardinals offense all that much. I think it's all about Kyler Murray. So I'm just going to avoid their pass catchers for a while until I can see something that looks impressive like it looked good when they were playing catch-up obviously but they were down 20 to nothing for a reason uh value play here it was a guy that i would rather play than zach Ertz is hayden hurst for the bengals at the jets 3900 on the year he's got 10 catches on 15 targets for 70 yards and he has seen 83.3 percent of all the tight end targets in the bengals offense like i mentioned with jamar chase the Jets are last in total DVOA, weighted DVOA, passing DVOA, despite that 216 passing yards per game. They are allowing 11.95 fantasy points per game to tight ends in on the DraftKings website. And at 3,900, I will gladly take that average of 11.95 points and run with this Cincy offense that I think... Uh, should smoke the Jets, and Vegas has them with a 25-point implied total. So let's run through those positions one more time before we get to stacks and the lineup preview. So at quarterback, my stud was Jalen Hurts, dud was Justin Herbert, and my value was Marcus Mariota. Running back, stud was Austin Eckler, dud was Derrick Henry, and the value was Miles Sanders, 5,500 at the Commanders one of the worst run defenses in the league. And then a wide receiver, stud is Jamar Chase, dud is Alan Lazard, kind of struggling to find a dud this week, but went with the Green Bay wide receiver one in air quotes. And then my value play was Nelson Aguilar against the Ravens after they were just torched. And then at tight end that I just went over, the stud was Travis Kelsey thinking he's going to eat up the Colts. The dud was Zach Ertz versus the Rams, who have allowed less than seven total fantasy points to tight ends. And the value play was Hayden Hurst, because I just want more pieces of that Cincinnati offense, and I think they're going to have a fantastic week against the Jets. So some of my favorite stacks of the week. First team here is the Atlanta Falcons against the Seahawks with Marcus Mariota, Drake London, who's coming off a spectacular breakout welcome to the NFL game last week. And I'm still going with Kyle Pitts. He's 4,800 on DraftKings this week. I can't resist it. Just the amount of talent that that guy has. Arthur Smith was hired to be an offensive guru after what he did in Tennessee. I can't, I know he says like um, in his press conference, I'm paraphrasing, but he was something like, we're not here to win fantasy football. We're here to win games. Well, 
You're 0-2, so maybe you should get your fourth overall pick, uh, tight end, and Kyle Pitts a little bit more involved in the game. Mr. Smith, that just as a neutral observer, that has a lot of Kyle Pitts in his fantasy teams and DFS lineups so far this season. Second team is, I've mentioned them a couple of times already, is the Bengals. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst. Um, I'll happily take all of them in a lineup and just watch them destroy the Jets in the passing game this Sunday. And then the final team is the Eagles against the Commanders. And I think I would go with a Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, and Devontae Smith. Like I know quarterback, running back isn't the ideal process, but with the way the Eagles are running the ball, the way that the Commanders are defending the run, it just all makes sense. If you can fit A.J. Brown in there, I would prefer him over Devontae Smith, but... Smith showed out on Monday night and showed us that he is still a worthy two, almost 1B option in this Eagles passing offense. So I've put together a DFS DraftKings lineup here for the 13-game Week 3 slate. So I've got Mariota versus the Seahawks at quarterback. I've got Aaron Jones and Miles Sanders at running back. Jamar Chase, Drake London, and Nelson Aguilar at wide receiver. Kyle Pitts to complete the Falcon stack with Mariota, London, and Pitts at tight end. And then I got T. Higgins as my flex just because I could fit him in. Um, And the Texans defense against Chicago because they are 2,600. And while the Texans defense isn't great, they looked okay against the Broncos. Uh, That could be because the Broncos are just not like humming along yet, but I was kind of impressed. Um, question Lovey Smith just leaving Derek Sinley out on an island versus Cortland Sutton, but rookies got to get reps, so that's okay. Um, and yeah, I think the Chicago offense is just as bad as anything that is in the league right now, so they will probably need a squeaky wheel, gets the grease type game for Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, David Montgomery's been all right. Justin Fields needs to get back on track. But that does it for the Week 3 DFS Preview Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at out. That's E-U-A-N or you out. Um, you can read my Rotoballer DFS Value Plays article on rotoballer.com. Uh, it is premium content, so you have to sign up for that. I uh, would highly recommend it as there are a ton of smart minds, a lot of people winning a lot of money on Sundays. Uh, You can like and subscribe to this podcast, the Backup Fantasy Sports Podcast, on Spotify, Apple, Google, Overcast, all those fun spots. You can leave a rating, five-star review would be super helpful, um, and that would make me smile because hopefully there's going to be some DFS winnings this weekend. Uh, Did okay last week, kind of got my money back, So that's all I'm trying to do. I'm not one of those heavy hitters that's entering the millionaire maker every single weekend. So just kind of doing this for fun and getting some podcasts out and kind of helping myself build lineups as well. So hopefully I'm helping you because I know I'm helping myself just kind of go through the process and learn and kind of find trends for the week. But once again, thanks for listening and I will talk to you next time.